Welcome everybody to Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I can see it all around me. This is really, really nice to have that. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, fresh off a root canal yesterday. If I sounded a little bit weird in yesterday's show, it was because my right side of my face, I looked like a chipmunk. I look like Alvin Simon and Theodore with the chipmunks. That might be a dated reference, but they did come back. So maybe younger people know the chipmunks, but that was me yesterday. Uh, a little bit better today, but going to carry me, as he always does, is the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Johnny, I'm doing so well, and I can't wait for what we're about to do here. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah, there's some, we're going to get to something I think is pretty fun. Drew Doherty is going to join us later for In the Lab. But I want to make sure that we get this news out to oh, yeah. our fans Today, this came out courtesy of our PR department. The Texans announcing dates and times for 2021 training camp presented by Xfinity because there's a lot to go through with this. Mm -hmm. First of all, five training camp practices will be open to season ticket members. Yeah. Monday, August 2nd, Tuesday, August 3rd, Friday, August 6th, Saturday, August 7th, and Monday, August 9th. Essentially, I think that's that's almost every practice between August 2nd, August 9th, but two, and then there's one day off built in. So those five days, 2nd, 3rd, 6th, 7th, 9th, are going to be open to season ticket members. That is new this year. Public practices will be open exclusively to season ticket members as a benefit for their support of the Houston Texans. The season ticket members will be contacted at a later date with instructions of claiming their tickets for this year's training camp presented by Xfinity. So those are the open practices. Practice itself will open Wednesday, July 28th mm. at 9 a.m. That will be the day you will hear the two of us, Mark Vandermeer and myself, Kicking off our coverage, Texans Training Camp Live. We will start at 8. Practice will start at 9. So you get the first hour with us. Well, you get both hours with us. But the second hour becomes kind of Mark driving and me watching practice and opining on it. So we will start Wednesday, July 28th with Texas Training Camp Live. And we will take that all the way through Tuesday, August 10th. Mark, is that the date? Uh, yeah, we're going to go Tuesday, August 10th, and that'll be it for the 8 to 10 Texans Training Camp Live programming. Obviously, the preseason opener is Saturday, August 14th. Looking forward to that. I think uh, there are a few notable things here. You mentioned the uh, practices with fans. Uh, the ones without fans, well, look, we'll have all the coverage for you, right? We do yeah. the pre-stuff. We do the post-stuff yeah. all on social media on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app, and we're live on the air on Texans Radio, Sports Radio 610, our wonderful partners. So that's all cool. Now, what isn't cool is 9 a.m. start. Johnny, listen, <laughs> they don't talk to me about this, and I don't know why. I would just tell them, why don't you start practice at 730? I just think it's a much better idea. This is my opinion, not theirs, obviously, because they're starting practice at nine. I know they probably have all sorts of reasons. We need to have a good breakfast for them. They need to do this meeting or that meeting or this whatever activation. But you know what? It's a little warm. 
gets a little warm, 9 a.m., they probably conclude around 10, 45, 11, maybe later, right? Yeah. Remember, O'Brien had them running gassers oh. after his first practice in 2014. Here's a prediction. David Cully will not have the team run gassers after the first practice. I'm betting on that, yeah. but it's going to be fun. I'm kind of joking around here. And here's the other thing. Night practice on oh, August yeah. 7th in front of the season ticket members. And before the fans get all riled up, and I haven't been listening all day, but I imagine they've gotten a, some of them have gotten a little riled up about camp access. Look, the seating configuration is different. You have a 20 foot rule now. So you yep. weren't going to get close to them anyway, right? right? As close as you normally would in a non pandemic year. And I know we're coming right. out of the pandemic, but <laughs> fingers crossed, right? That we I stay think out that, of the pandemic. Stay out of it. And I think that with the new configuration, obviously, this is a, a cool thing to do for the season ticket members. Everything's going to be a, a little bit different, but it'll be more like 2019 than it was last year, obviously, when no fans right. were out there. Yeah, absolutely. And to have people out there for five practices, um, I think that's going to be that's going to be pretty fantastic. I had mentioned it the other night. The Giants have one. One open practice. In their Another thing stadium. that stood out, yeah, in their stadium, and that's it. And apparently it sold out in, in minutes, which is not too surprising. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the other aspect was the start date. In years past, you got two weeks before you could start your pre – so your preseason game started on a Thursday. Then you right. could start the two, two Thursdays prior to that. You essentially got two weeks yeah. leading up into that preseason game. It's not a whole lot more, but it's a couple days more because usually we would do that final show. Mm -hmm. I remember doing a show from the Greenbrier. Yeah. I think it was 17. We did a show from the Greenbrier. The morning finished, up. Finished. Yeah, the morning mm -hmm. up. Finished. Walked over to the shuttle, got on the shuttle, went to the airport and flew out. I think it was to Kansas City for that one. And that, that, was, that was it. And it was the day before we played Kansas City. This starts on Wednesday. We don't play the preseason game until two and a half weeks, which would be the 14th. So you get a couple extra days of uh, training camp, so that's kind of nice too. By my calculations, this is the most they will have had practice time before the preseason opener, right? Two and a half weeks. They've never had this before. At the Greenbrier in 2017, they practiced on a Wednesday because they played on a Wednesday because of the PGA Championship was being yes, held in the Charlotte right. area and they didn't have enough police officers. I don't know how this is possible to, <laughs> yeah. to staff the PGA during the day and the game at night, whatever. But we got through it and it was an exciting time. But this is the most, even in year one, they didn't have two and a half weeks till their first preseason game. So I think this is pretty cool to have this amount of time. Now, no joint practices scheduled, as we all know. So I doubt anything's coming as of this time, right? It's a, yeah. getting a little late for that. And I, I not sure of their reasoning here, but no joint practices scheduled, but plenty of work will be done with the Houston Texans prior to their regular season opener against Jacksonville. Here's the other thing that stands out. And of course, this is just, you know, kind of an inside baseball thing, mm -hmm. but the days off, the yeah. days off are Sundays. Nice. We used to have days off during the week when we would have to show up and do radio. Not look, <laughs> so I, we would have I, no day off. We would have no You're day right, off, Johnny. You but are I, absolutely right. Okay, with that, I could I could live with that. We're talking football; it's no big deal. But it's always better to be doing the show when there's football going on. Right. And if there's a day off and you can put it on the weekend, 
Mm-hmm. Have at it. Everybody well, gets everybody gets a little bit of a day off. It's kind of nice. It's funny because uh, I didn't mind going inside for a day or two, you know, <laughs> during training camp. Yeah, just kind of catching our breath and having the air conditioning and doing a couple of shows that way during our morning show segments. But it is pretty cool that there will always be something going on on the field while we are doing that program. And you're right about the days off because usually once camp hits. I've said this a lot about everybody in our department. We don't have a day off until maybe the day before Labor Day because we work on Labor Day. So maybe the day before Labor Day, we get one day off. And then, you know, if you're on the road to start the season, you're, you're only getting one or two days off in the first couple of months of the season. And it's fine because we love what we do. I'm not complaining right. about it, but it's just notable to me. You're right that you get a couple of Sundays off and uh, players are off and there will be no availabilities and we have no nothing on the air. I'm sure we'll be writing articles and that kind of thing, but you can do that from home. So it's a pretty cool schedule and I just can't wait. See, this, it's kind of like for fans seeing the game schedule, that's obviously huge and this is nothing like that. But just seeing the training camp practice schedule laid out, the fans have it. It's on HoustonTexans.com. It is a, a big day for us because it makes it so real. Johnny, I couldn't schedule our radio shows until today. Could not yeah, do course. it until today. Yep. And I've been asking, like, when are we really going to start this thing off? You know, and then finally yep. we get this information. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's very, very cool. Now, I, I can't wait. So – one of the things that you know I love to do, you know I love any kind of draft. Right. Any kind of draft. I mean, it could be the NHL draft. It could be the WNBA draft. It could be the NFL draft. It, it, any draft, I, I, I love it. So I love things in which you can draft a team, build a team, all those kind of things. And I happened to stumble upon this on my time. Well, actually, I should say stumble on it. It was on my timeline. And I, I, I'm trying to find out and give credit. It, I think it, I thought it came from the NFL account. Oh, we need to know. It looks like it did because it has the shield I'm pretty right sure. there. I'm pretty sure. But I looked at the NFL account. I can't seem to find it on the NFL account. Either way, the, I'm going to give credit to the NFL. The NFL put this out, and they said, build a lineup for $15. A quarterback. Oh, one of these, yep. Quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Quarterback, running back, wide two wide, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Five dollars, four dollars, three dollars, two dollars, one dollars. First of all, at the quarterback position, I think they mm-hmm. finally have this ranked properly. Whoever used to put Peyton Manning ahead of Tom Brady used to drive me nuts. <laughs> but the quarterbacks, starting with Tom Brady at five, mm-hmm. Montana four, Peyton Manning three, Drew Brees two, Dan Marino one. All right, is there anybody missing from that their top five in this dollar a draft, whatever this thing is, build your lineup for $15 graphic? Who would you rather have in there than any one of these guys? Or just pick one who might not belong. They're all awesome, obviously. Because I'm looking at this, Johnny. I We've seen these things with basketball. And with basketball, it seems to be a lot harder. I feel like for minimal, I can save money and still put together a killer lineup here. <laughs> I know. I know. And I can pocket was, a few bucks. Yeah, you can save 10 bucks and go with the $1 and feel like, because I've, I've actually got two $1 in my, in my roster. Okay. But I think those are the five, right? right. They've got to be. Brady, Montana, Manning, Breeze, 
Marino. I mean, I, right. I, 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 that's got to be. So you're running, running backs, running backs, starting with five bucks. Barry Sanders, Jim Brown at four, Walter Payton at three, Emmett for two, Ladanian Tomlinson for one. Now I could take Ladanian wow. out, even though I love Ladanian. You could put in Marshall Falk. You could put in Eric guys. Dickerson. You could put in right. Earl Campbell. I think there's a lot of guys you could put in there. Yeah. Okay. Your receivers. You get two of them. The five dollars are Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald. Your four dollars are Randy Moss and Megatron. Your three dollars are Terrell Owens and Julio Jones. Your two dollars are Chris Carter and Antonio Brown. And your two one dollars are Don Hudson and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if I you've mean, heard of that guy, Hopkins. Okay. Have you heard of have you heard of him? He's vaguely familiar, but Hudson is familiar because we were at the Don Hudson practice center at Green Bay. What does that tell you? Look, in this graphic, even it's a colorized photo or something because he's in a leather (laughs) helmet. All right. This is they went back that far. There are numerous guys they could have put in here. Andre Johnson, anybody uh, instead of Don Hudson. But it's a tip of the cap to the past. I guarantee you, whoever built this graphic is a Packer fan. Well, maybe not because they don't have Aaron Rodgers and the quarterbacks. They don't have Aaron Rodgers and the quarterbacks. But Don Don Hudson, for his time, though, was was as dominant as any receiver could have been. I mean, if you look at his numbers back in the the, uh, 30s. Right. And uh, Look, I know it's the 30s. I mean, you could have (laughs) modernized this whole thing. Like, I get it. Um, But Uh. I – I could take Don Hudson. I could be fine with it. In the I, 30s, Johnny, you said the, the 30s. 30s. Yes. Listen. The, listen. You, know. you say it all. You say it all the time. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna get you on your own argument. You send me. You send Andre and I things all the time. For the 30s. And a list of players, and you're like, was college football not born in the 80s? They have nobody yeah, yeah. from the 70s. So exactly. Okay. So yeah, I'm throwing yeah. that back at you. Okay. Thank you. So Tight wide ends. receivers again. Rice and Fitzgerald, five. Megatron, Randy Moss, four. Trello and Julio Jones at three. Chris Carter, Antonio Brown at two. Don Hudson, DeAndre Hopkins for $1. The tight ends. I have a little bit of a beef here. Okay. For $5, Tony Gonzalez. $4, Gronk. $3, Antonio Gates. Two, Shannon Sharp. One, Jason Witten. I think Travis Kelsey's got to be on that list. I could make a case for Kelsey being as high as $3 on that list, and I would probably take Kelsey. Yep. I would take Kelsey I, I ahead of Gates and Sharp and Witten. Um, Kelsey would definitely be in that group. Kittle can kind of knock his knock his head on the ceiling, but he's not quite there. Mike Ditka, you're gonna put there, but Ditka was I don't know. I mean, you went back for Hudson. I guess you could have gone back for Ditka. You Kellen could also go Winslow. John Mackey, Kellen. Oh, oh, Kellen Winslow. I would put Kellen Winslow on there before Antonio Gates. I might put him up there before Sharp, but they went lifetime achievement here on this list. And look, Witten yes. has a billion catches. Witten, look, let's be honest here. Witten does not belong on this list. No. Witten is great in terms of being prolific, and he was great. I mean, I'm not saying Witten sucks. I'm just saying some of the other guys we mentioned are more talented players, period, than he is. Okay? Yep. Agreed. There's no doubt about that. All right. So, Agreed. Okay. Your quarterback, what are you picking? I, now again, listen, you got to build the lineup for fifteen dollars. So you can go straight three dollar ticket. Peyton Manning, Walter Payton, Trello, and Julio Jones, Antonio Gates, and you'd you be very happy. But guess what? Happy. They're going to lose because I yes. look. I'm just spending a dollar on a quarterback. I'm getting Dan Marino, and I'm going to be very happy with spending a dollar. I went to the clearance bin at Walgreens, and I got Dan Marino, so I'm good. 
You're telling me that Dan Marino is like Joe Dirt. You went and got the Joe Dirt <laughs> DVD at the bottom of the bargain basement bin, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, we agree. I would pick Dan Marino on that list too for a dollar. I'm absolutely bargain. taking Dan bargain. Marino. Not no doubt. Okay. Running back. Running back. Uh, I'll go first. I'm taking Jim Brown. So I'm up to five dollars. <laughs> I'm taking Dan Marino and Jim Brown. That's five dollars. I've got I- ten to spend on receivers and tight ends. All right. Uh, look, I'd love to take Barry, but I, I do have to be frugal to a point here. And I'm going to go ahead and take Walter Payton and really, you know, I'll slum it with Walter Payton. My gosh, yeah. maybe the greatest running back ever, you know, pound for pound, top to bottom, any era, Walter Payton. I'm there. So I've okay. spent four dollars. OK, you spent four. I've spent five uh, for one of my receivers. I am going with the freak Randy Moss for four dollars. So yeah. I'm now up to nine. Yeah. But I know I'm gonna. I, I I feel good about what I'm doing. I don't love the tight ends here, so mm-hmm. I, I feel good about what I what I'm gonna do. But I got Marino, Jim Brown, Randy Moss. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and take To for three dollars. Right, so sure. I got Marino, Walter Payton, and To, and I've spent seven dollars so far out of the fifteen <laughs> that I have. I have two positions left, and I'm afraid you're gonna take who I want. But go ahead. Well. I'm this allowed to. This one's obvious to me mm-hmm. that of that bottom crew, Fitz, Megatron, Julio, Antonio Brown, there's not much separating them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the $1 option there. Some guy named DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, so now a- that's, that's $10 for me. Marino, Jim Brown, mm-hmm. Randy Moss, DeAndre Hopkins. I've got five to spend. We'll see if I spend it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take Megatron, who I will argue Andre Johnson was every bit as good as, but Megatron's really good. So I'll take him for $4. I think he's – look, he's probably not overpriced when you compare him to the rest of the group they have here. But now I've spent $11 with Megatron, T.O., Walter Payton, and Dan Marino. I feel very good about that lineup. Yeah, I have spent, like I said, $10. I have Marino, Jim Brown. Randy Moss, DeAndre Hopkins. Don't the do ball it. will not hit the ground. Don't do it. And I've got $5. I do not want Tony Gonzalez. I want Gronk. Oh, he just killed me. So I'm not allowed to take Gronk now. Well, you can. You can. Right. I mean, right, so I, I've got – you got $5 to spend, right? You're going to save a dollar on your lineup. Yep. And I would take Gronk and spend the whole 15 right? There you go. But – if I couldn't take Gronk, who would be my choice between Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Sharp, and Witten? Well, Witten's obviously out based on what I just said. I'm not going to take Shannon Sharp. I'm going to take your writing candidate should be Travis Kelsey. My yeah, but you know I'm partial because it's a sentimental pick to uh, Kellen Winslow. If I could take true. a wild card here, for that's like 50 true. You could cents. take Kellen Winslow. I think in this group, I actually would take Shannon Sharp. I listen. I think I'm going to take Gates. I think I'm going to take Gate. I got All Dan right. Marino throwing the football here. That's true. And and look, I got T. I got To and Megatron, and they're going to attract a lot of attention. Now I can throw it to Antonio Gates. This is going to be pretty attractive stuff. I'm running the ball with <laughs> Walter is. Payton. This is very nice. Yeah, it is very very nice. Nice team put together. Voice of the Texans, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Johnny. All right, coming up next, we're going to go in the lab with Drew Doherty and myself right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back. This Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris. We talked about training camp earlier in the show. 
can go to HoustonTexas.com, get all that information if you missed the segment. But if you want to know what's happened in past training camps, well, Drew Doherty and I shared some memories on In the Lab today. Hello, hello. This is In the Lab. My name is Drew Doherty. Old Jazzy Hands himself, John Harris, is joining us as well. John, we're uh, both, I don't want to say fighting, but we're both ah, struggling through little little minor things of our own. You had a root <laughs> canal yesterday. That's much more major than me. I just had my pupils dilated because I had my oh, wow. optometr- optometrist check. And while we were setting this up, I turned my ring light on like this. And I don't know if that looks better to you or not, but I'm, there's no way in hell I'm going to look into that ring light right okay. now with uh, okay. my things on, my, my pupils dilated. Although I could do, let me try this. Uh, let's see, lady <laughs> at the Jack in the Box drive through complimented me on my glass. I could do this, but I think that'd be kind of weird to do a uh, a podcast about this. It's just, it looks like you have two big lifesavers uh, in your screen. You know, the yeah. peppermint, you know, the white peppermint ones uh-huh, on the uh-huh. screen on your, uh, they look like you're on your glass lens. So pretty much um, yeah. it would be kind of, be kind of interesting, uh, <laughs> sort of kind of T-Pain-ish or of the weekend at the Super Bowl sort of feeling, but either way, uh, that's totally cool. Yeah. I, I, I hate that. You know, the one thing that, you know, yesterday kind of told me is, yep. You know, every single day is a, a, a day older, yeah. um, I'm, I'm approaching 5-0, and I'm like, man, if this isn't approaching 5-0, holy smokes. But uh, but you were kind enough to move in the lab uh, to today so that I could uh, try and fight my way through it, and I'm, I'm glad, dude. Thank you very, very much for doing that. I am a magnanimous guy. Um, <laughs> let's chit-chat about training camp in a different sort of way, okay? The announcement came out today about the Texans training camp. They're, um, they're going to be 22 practices. They'll go four days in a row, basically every, every cluster. There's a, say they, so they go four days in a row, they have a day off. Then they'll go yep. six days in a row, then they have a day off. And it's only four after that. Uh, they'll go four more, go to Green Bay, come back from Green Bay, go four, go to Dallas, play the Cowboys, come back, play four, or go, practice four, and then uh, they'll take on the Buccaneers. So it starts – Wednesday, July 28th. Yep. Don't know how rigorous that first one's going to be. It ends Thursday, August 26th, basically a month long. Mm-hmm. And it's broken up. And this year, you knew this. I don't know that everyone listening or watching knows this. You don't have the standard cuts. What you have this right. year, you're going from the 90-man roster. And then after that first preseason game, the Tuesday after that first preseason game, you're going down to 85. A week later, after the second preseason game on a Tuesday, 85 yep. to 80. And yep. then after the third preseason game, you go down to 53. So you go from 80 to 53. In the past, it's been 90, 75, 53. This is a little bit different. So you'll trim five guys at a time with the first two trims. But what I wanted to chit-chat about was just random A memories from Texans training camp. And I'll start things off, John. Thump. Thump Thump was the sound that I heard, and I remarked to Nick Skirfield, who used to work with us here at HoustonTexans.com, our pal. Uh, Skirf and I remarked a lot. In 2011, at training camp, thump. Boy, you hear the the sound thump a lot when J.J. Watt's here. Oh, yeah. It seems like every pass that – not every pass, but every 10, 15 passes that Matt Schaub or – 
who would have been liner or TJ Yates. And I yeah, kind of think there was, a rookie. A, yeah. I think there was, it was like Beck or booty was, was like a, there was a fourth quarterback around, but it seems like every time you had the, the, the defense matching up in, in pass pro or trying to do stuff, he was knocking down passes and thumping them with his mitts. And he would go on two years later to uh, really wreak havoc in that regard. But thump was the sound that we heard a lot from J.J. Watt and to a degree from Connor Barwin as well. He had a good yeah. – he had his best season as a Texan in 2011. And, um, yeah, that was just one thing that kind of stood out. And I've got a few more on my little list here of training camp memories. Well, I think my favorite memory includes one of our favorite Texans in a moment in which he was not being very Texans – Worthy, if you will. But in 2009, the Texans, Rick Smith as GM, had uh-huh. gone out and made some free agent uh, acquisitions. They had gone out and gotten a Mon Green 07. Didn't really work out. Um, it didn't work out at all. And there's some others. And so I was always leery of spending free agent dollars. But I knew <laughs> this defense needed some help on the, de- on the, on the front. Yeah. Moby Okoye was not really kind of rounding the shape the way you wanted. Well, they really need some help up front. And so they went to the Super Bowl contending Arizona Cardinals and they signed a guy by the name of Antonio Smith. Great. We signing. learned later, we learned later the ninja. Now he turned out to be one of the great signings of not only Rick Smith's career, but of the Texans' career. I mean, when you talk about free agent, you talk about Jonathan Joseph, you talk about uh, ninja, you talk about Antonio yeah. Smith. So I'm over standing next to my pal, Lance Zerline who a lot of people in Houston know. So I'm talking – we're next to Lance, and we're kind of standing in front, arms kind of crossed, and we're watching O-line, D-line, one-on-one pass rush drills. And the D-line can't stay on side. They keep jumping offside. And it's just completely wrecking the drill. And Bill Kolar is a defensive line coach. And, Bill and for Kolar's those of you who don't know, Bill Kolar was very, very vocal. Very vocal. He, he had a few repeated lines. He said, that's the idea. You'd say yep. that a lot. And you'd also hear up, stay up. Like he didn't, he didn't like yep. it. No coach really does, but he especially no. did not like to see players on the ground in practice. Stay well, he's up. a former defense, he's a former defensive lineman. So he yep. hated a good trash down his left. Yes. So the defensive line can't stay on side. I mean, they just can't. They're jumping the snap count. I mean, it's first day in pads. They're jumping the snap count. And at one point he gets upset and he says something to the defensive line about continuing to kill the drill, whatever. So, drill goes on for a few more reps. Antonio goes up. He jumps offside. And I promise you, Bill Kolar, I, Bill Kolar didn't really say anything loud enough for us to hear. Now, we're standing probably a good 10, 15 yards away. He didn't say anything that we could hear. We heard the previous one. We didn't hear anything. We're just, you know, all right. And all of a sudden, Antonio flipped the switch. And he was like, you want me to unleash the bleepity bleep dogs? You want me to unleash the bleep? Oh, you'll, you'll see me. And Mario Williams is having to hold him back. So I can't figure out if Antonio is mad at Kolar or if Antonio is mad at the offense or, or what. And then I realized Antonio is walking towards Kolar. And what I loved about the whole interaction is Antonio is just losing his mind. <laughs> is that Kolar is standing there staring at him like, well, come on, let's go. And I just, I just hear this, this low voice in my ear that says, hey, Johnny, 
that's the Texans top free agent signing of 2009. How you feel? And that was Lance saying it in my ear. And the thing was, after that year, I felt like, yeah, it was a great signing, to be honest. Yeah. He had a great career with the Texans. Went to the Pro Bowl. And that, that was an inauspicious start, to say the least, of getting in a little tete-a-tete slash fight wow. on the very first practice of his in 2009. I never would, would want to see those two guys fight because I like both no. of them. They're both yes. great players, great coach, great minds, you know, good guys. Yes. But that would have been a rumble because Bill Kolar once wrestled a bear. Um, and he was a defensive Crazy. lineman for about a decade in the NFL. Yeah. He's he got put into the senior bowl hall of fame. I mean, that guy can handle his business. So, and we yeah. know the ninja could handle his business. So oh, of course. Yeah, that's that that would have been something to see, but they patched up. I know they they probably think pretty highly of each other these days. So Thump was mine. You, you were talking about the Ninja and Coach Kolar. Water is something that really has been a big deal around here. Water being dumped on Kevin Walter on his August 4th birthday. I remember it was like 2012-ish. And yep. uh, they, they doused him. I think it was like Myers and Shaw might have got him. And then around that year, I think it was around 12 or 11, maybe 13, but I just remember Brian Brayman, special teamer extraordinaire, had long hair, won a yeah. Super Bowl ring with the 17 Eagles. Um, he was it the 17 Eagles or the eight? Yeah, the 17 Eagles. I remember yeah, him sitting in this big tub of ice, ice water after a practice, trying to cool off and just yeah, it made for a good picture. But you know, it's tough to stay cool around here. I mean, Sean Cody on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was talking about how his feet would squish, oh. and we saw that with Vince Wilfork on yes. hard knocks a couple of years back, but Water in many, many forms uh, is a big part of training camp. It is, no doubt. And my, my next one actually doesn't even take place in Houston. The two years that we went up to West Virginia to the Greenbrier. To two years me, the of bliss was, as I remember them. Yeah, that's how I remember I it too. I remember the first day walking over to the field. Like, we had no real idea – Mm-hmm. that you and I had not been there. I think Mark had been there for a day, but we really didn't know the setup, what it was going to look like. And I yeah. remember we rolled up on the first day. It was the, it, we went, didn't go on radio that day, but the day before, we had to go look at our setup and how the setup was going to go. And Mark and I went up there to kind of check out the setup. And we drove up, we pulled up, and we put our equipment down, and we honestly just looked around. And we were like, oh, my God, look at this place. This is unbelievable. And it was, it was different. I mean, when you're back home, there's such energy from the fans being there and then wanting autographs and all that. And there wasn't a big crowd. We could go watch the practices from the bleachers. And it was such a beautiful environment. But to your point about water, I remember, I can't remember if it was 17 or 18, but there was one day where the skies just mm-hmm. opened mm-hmm. and it poured down and the practice was over and the guys were just, sliding into rain puddles out on the field. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, we did everything Greenbrier. We went hiking. We we gambled. We ate at great restaurants. I mean, it was just a really fun time to be up the Greenbrier. And anybody that went up there knows uh, how cool it was to do that for a couple of years. I was very happy to come back in 2019 to to do it from here because we were gone for so long. But being at the Greenbrier also brought up my favorite story, I think maybe ever the Houston Texans, with a young lady by the name of Marty. Marty. 
I know you know who Marty is. Well, you've just ruined the whole story because I didn't ruin the whole story. You have to tell the story now. Well, you kind of did. Anyways, so uh, first year in 17, we were all sort of just like, here's where, you're, yeah. here's where you're staying. And they told us where we're staying. Yeah. Going into 18, they said, listen, we're going to have to figure some things out. So, uh, you know, you guys in the media, social media, you know, digital media department, we got to fend for yourselves, figure out where you're going to stay. So, you know, there was no room at the inn where we had stayed the year before. So right. I was placed in charge. Doherty Travel yeah. handles all the, uh, all the travel arrangements for got it done. folks here in the building uh, or in our department. So also for all your travel needs, contact Doherty Travel <laughs> at my Twitter page. And yes. I, I basically, we were all split up. I had the dudes, you know, the younger guys in a house. Were you with yeah. them? I can't remember. At the last couple of days I was. Yeah. yeah. So there was a really nice house. The bro house. Property that, it was not the Greenbrier, but on their property, they had these houses. So the young guys who were shooting and editing video, they were there. That was a, a good setup. I had yeah. you and your family. Yeah, you were with your family. I had you at a house probably about 10 minutes from yeah. the Greenbrier. It was great from yep. all accounts. Yep. Um, I had another house booked. And it was me. It was it was like a multi-room house. It was me and I think DP was going to be there too. And Marty was the the person who I booked it through. And uh, I think Marty was like, oh, I can do your laundry for you, which was kind of like weird. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that. <laughs> uh, and then it was like, I, I, Marty was like, well, I'll be downstairs. I'll just be living downstairs while you're there. And I was like, oh, okay, Marty. And DP with that, like, that put off like red bells and warning signals yeah. in her mind. She's like, yes. I'm out. I'm staying at a hotel. I was like, okay. So, but I was like, I was, I was game. I'll stay there. I mean, Hey, I, I've got the whole place to myself and Marty will be downstairs, you know, cause it was, it was like a beach house kind of setup where you, yeah. you walk up these outside steps and then you go in yeah. and then there's like a, not really an entrance downstairs. Well, it turns out Marty's this sweet lady, you know, in her seventies <laughs> who just, you know, she rented her place out and um, yeah. yeah, she, she did do my laundry. Thank, thank goodness. And I, I love where we stayed. It was on the river. Uh, yeah. in, in this gated community she was on probably like two acres three acres of land with all these other houses it was just beautiful so yeah marty was uh marty took care of us but you kind of assumed marty was a dude it sort of sounded creepy without yeah. the, uh, the context there so yeah uh, and then hey, marty turned out to be a woman that was awesome my last thing is it's fun for the first time since 2015 the texans are going to practice at night in front of fans which is cool oh. they, they, they hadn't done it in a while and before 2015 i think it had probably been about three four maybe five years then you know so those practices are rare at night and that'll be cool because it's the heat in the morning the heat and humidity in the morning is a lot stickier it seems just anecdotally from my memory yeah. than it is at night it seems like there's a better breeze at night it's drier at night it just feels better we'll see if that changes but i'm excited to, to be under the lights you want my final training camp story because it actually it. ties in it ties into the last time there was a night practice before 2015 and it occurred in 2010. Yeah. You know I think the story. The, I think that might've been the last time they'd done it. So that night practice is over. And the day before my same friend uh, who I mentioned earlier, I say friend in this time with in air quotes, my friend Lance airline decided that he was going to go up to Dwayne Brown and tell Dwayne Brown that I wasn't a big fan of him being drafted. 
And so they had a conversation about it. And Lance actually did have my back. And, and he did point out that the few games I did watch that Dwayne did say to him at that point, yeah, yeah, oh man, I didn't play well in either one of those games he watched. So anyways, there was some back into it. But now that Lance did that, I felt like, man, I, okay, I've got to, I, I got to meet Dwayne at this point. I didn't really have any locker room uh, responsibility because we always had an afternoon show. So practice right. at that point, we always had Raheel, Ramzan Ali, or David Nuno. And so we, we didn't, we didn't do any of that. So I didn't really have a chance to meet Dwayne at that point. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm going to do it. So that night practice is over. And Dwayne would have years where there were some times where he would like cut weight. He'd be like 310. And sometimes he would pack it on. He'd be like 325, 330. This is one of those years I think he had packed it on. So he's talking to a couple people. I'm kind of standing there waiting for him. He frees up. He's got a big smile on his face. He reaches out his hand to shake my hand. And he's got, you, you've seen that Dwayne Brown smile. Smile as big as the stadium. And I said, hey, Dwayne, I'm John Harris. I got John Harris out of my mouth. And that smile went to a scowl. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Like RIP John Harris, like right here. And he just looks at me, he goes, I hear you don't like me very much. <laughs> and thank God for quick thinking. I went, well, I used to feel that way, but I don't anymore. And immediately I see this smile start to creep on his face. Huh. And that was, that was kind of the uh, beginning of the uh, John Harris, Dwayne Brown, actually more, of my repairing of the relationship right. that I tried to tear down with my draft thoughts about uh, one of the great NFL linemen there's ever been uh, and Dwayne Brown. But I remember us talking for a while and, you know, just talking ball and just saying, man, you know, here's why I missed on you and uh, I wish you luck. And then of course I came in the building and got to know him even more. So um, it was kind of this bittersweet day in 2017 when he was traded to Seattle. And I remember seeing him the day before he was traded to Seattle. We had come back from Seattle. And it was that Monday and I was walking back into the studio and he was going to the locker room and I, it was taking me a little bit to get the studio, but he saw it was me and he waited to go in the locker room. So I don't know if he knew he was being traded or not or whatever. I didn't bring that up or anything, but he just looked at me and said, Hey man, it's good to see you again. And I was like, Hey man, um, you know, how you feeling? First game, you know, he's yeah, I'm pretty sore. So we chatted for just a little bit. And then it was like later that afternoon, He's going off to Seattle. It's kind of weird. But that night practice, that night practice was that opportunity for he and I to kind of patch things up. Me basically patching it up. My mea culpa to him that uh, I shouldn't have uh, gone the direction I did in talking about him the way that I did. Because he was everything, everything that you want in an NFL offensive lineman. Uh, and I missed it. But it was that night, that, that night practice. Thank God it was not a day practice because it was a day practice. You know how you feel. You feel how we feel after one of those practices. Imagine what the players feel after that. I mean, like you said, the soggy shoes, uh, it would not have gone in a good direction. That's for sure. But it did because it was a night practice. So I always think about those night practices and Dwayne will always be that guy I think about. There's no doubt every night practice, I will think of Dwayne Brown who plays for the Seattle Seahawks. And there's news about a former Seahawk coming up around the NFL next on Texans All Access. We're going to one final segment of this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. Appreciate you being here with me, John Harris, football analyst, Southern reporter for your Houston Texans. And as we go around the NFL, there really is, I think, one storyline that has dominated 
the NFL headlines pretty much all day long, and that's having to do with Richard Sherman. Uh, if you missed this news earlier today, there's and there's a lot as kind of the hours pass by that we're finding out more and more, but in essence, it was about 8.30, 39 o'clock this morning, I think, when I first saw this pop up on Twitter about Richard Sherman being arrested. He was booked at 6.08 local time out in Seattle for burglary, domestic violence. Now, that's a lot to handle. It's a felony charge, but he was booked at 6.08 local time in Seattle at the King County Correctional Facility. He was denied bail, but that's more procedural thing for the Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Washington State Police Department. That's pretty standard procedure. He cannot um, take on bail until he stands before a judge. That will not take place until Thursday afternoon. So he's going to be held at the correctional facility from that point. Now, there's a lot that goes with this. The timing, essentially, is that at, I guess it was his house or a residence, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning that a person calling saying that an adult male family member who did not live at the residence was attempting to force his way into the home. When police arrived, Sherman was outside the house. He fought with police but was eventually apprehended with the help of a canine unit. Oh, good grief. And he was taken to a local hospital to be checked. After he was checked and he was okay, he was booked at the correctional facility. Now, adding more to this, the Washington State Police received the report of a single car accident at approximately 1 a.m. Pacific. The car was registered to Sherman. It struck a concrete barrier and was abandoned in a nearby parking lot. So, taking all of that into account, no one knows what this is going to mean for Richard Sherman. His wife, I think that's what it was titled, his wife, Ashley Wolf, Ashley Moss, excuse me, told the Seattle Times, and I quote, he didn't harm anybody, my kids were not harmed in the incident, he's a good person, this is not his character, we're doing all right, just trying to get him out, I want people to know no one was injured. Well, I'll tell you, between burglary, domestic violence, all in one fell swoop, and not being held, or being held without bail, that freaked everybody today. And people have just run with it. I, many, many years ago, lived in Burlington, North Carolina, and watched Duke University cross players get raked over the coals for all the things that they didn't do, rushing to judgment. We'll see how this thing all pans out. But Richard Sherman is a free agent, and there is going to be a lot of things he now is going to have to work through to be able to get with the team. Uh, at that point, I think that's probably the least of his worries. Uh, but he goes before a judge Thursday afternoon to see where this thing will all lead for Richard Sherman, future, I would imagine, future Hall of Fame corner uh, in some trouble out in Seattle. Big thanks to Mark and to Drew for the show. Appreciate you guys for being here. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.